The Wings Over New Zealand show is brought to you in association with the Wings Over New Zealand Aviation Forum, New Zealand's number one aviation discussion forum online. There you'll find discussion on all aspects of New Zealand aviation, from history to current affairs and thousands of photos covering the Royal New Zealand Air Force, airlines, general aviation, warbird restorations, air show news, sport aviation, home building, gliding, aviation media and much, much more. You'll be in good company with other aviation enthusiasts, including pilots, engineers, warbird owners and restorers, historians and authors, modelers, aviation photographers and many others. Sign up to the Wings Over New Zealand community now. It's free and easy. Just Google Wings Over New Zealand and you'll find the forum. Hi everybody, Andrew Gormley, CEO of Classic Flyers here. If you're interested in classic aviation and you want to get up close and personal to old aircraft and see some of New Zealand's aviation history, come across the Classic Flyers, Jean Batten Drive, Mount Monganui, right on the edge of the airport. You can go for flights in old aeroplanes like Boeing Stearmans and Harvards. There's lots to see. Kids parties happening here all the time. We have functions and function rooms, business meetings, and a great cafe with excellent coffee. If you'd like to be involved with Classic Flyers, we also have the volunteer groups who do all things from helping out with function work or just on the main hangar floor with visitors and guests or birthday parties, right through to engineers who get involved in restoring some of our wonderful old aircraft assets. It's a great place and it's in a good location. Come and have a visit. Check out the website on www.classicflyersnz.com The Wings Over New Zealand show would like to acknowledge the great support it's had from Fly DC3. You can fly back in time with Fly DC3 from Ardmore Airport, charter the DC3 Dakota and fly into the past. It's an experience you'll never forget. Fly DC3. Go to www.flydc3.co.nz Vintage Aviation News is pleased to support Wings Over Britain and Wings Over New Zealand. And we'll be checking in with reports as Dave's tour progresses. Vintage Aviation News is an organization founded by a group of passionate vintage aviation enthusiasts who love to share the history and technology aviation museums preserve for the public. It's our intention to play a role in safeguarding the heritage of these beautiful machines by providing increased awareness and education through the use of internet-based digital media. Vintage Aviation News is an online news resource dedicated to warbirds, aviation museums, vintage aviation, and aviation heritage, and the many enthusiasts who wish to know more about them. The goal of this site is to provide fresh, daily news content for a large community of aviation fans who visit our page regularly. Vintage Aviation News Online can be found on your usual social media channels and at VintageAviationNews.com. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Well, I want to welcome Grace Hills to the show. Hi, Grace. Hello, how's it going? Great, great. Now, um, we're going to be releasing this episode on the 23rd of September, which is the Girls on Aviation Day. It's an international day. I think this is the ninth annual one. And uh, I thought it'd be great to get Grace on the show because you you are very much in aviation with being both both a pilot and a technician. Yes, um, definitely caught the bug and it's 
kind of probably most of my life now with work <laughs> and my hobbies. Can't really get away. <laughs> well, can you take us back to the beginning and tell us where did you grow up and how did how did aviation come into your life? Um, yeah, so I grew up in Auckland and uh, well, I actually lived quite close to Ardmore. I lived in near Manurewa sort of area. Yep. Um, I think most people usually have a pretty cool story about how they got into aviation, like they had a family member or something who fought in the war, World War II was a pilot or something. But I think I kind of just stumbled into it a little bit. Um, okay. I think in hindsight, it makes sense. But at the time, I'd originally saved money to go to Australia and it fell through. So my dad suggested I use the money to go to Walsh, the scout flying school. Um, that's every January. It's usually mid-January. For kids aged uh, 16 to 18 and a half, I think is the cap of the age, uh, just to get people going solo and introduce them into aviation. Yep. Um, and I guess my dad had it. My dad, I guess for context, uh, used to be a pilot and had a Cherokee share. So he was interested in aviation. I thought I might like it. So I thought I'd just give it a go. I enjoyed scout camps and I had friends who'd enjoyed Walsh. So I thought I'd give it a try and I really, really loved it. So I uh, I guess growing up near Ardmore and always having aviation around also probably helped. So after Walsh, I got my PPL basically within like a year and a half after the first Walsh I did. I did a second Walsh as well, okay. which helped me get um, my solo consolidation done. Uh, and then a couple of days after getting my PPL, I joined the Air Force as an aircraft technician. All right. Okay. So... <laughs> How it so, worked out. <laughs> well, straight into it. So tell me about that in between the two Walshes. Uh, how much flying did you do? Yeah, so originally, um, so my first Walsh, I would have been 17. So it was in my year 13 of school. I didn't get to do a proper first solo because I, like, I did it kind of late. Oh, I joined up kind of late and I didn't get my medical in time. So to kind of allow me to do a fake first solo, the instructor read a book well, uh, without a headset while I did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was quite funny. Um, and that was actually honestly scarier than my real first solo, I think. <laughs> That's but, great. I kind of just saved up that uh, while I was in year 13. But um, it, by the end of the year, I went proper solo. Like I, I think I spent about a month or so um getting into flying again and flying a new type I flew the 172 at Ardmore whereas I flew a Tomahawk at Walsh yeah. and then that lined up nicely going into Walsh for me to get all my solo stuff done there um and right. then yeah I spent most of the year out of high school pretty much just working seven days a week and flying in between wow um, okay yeah, I think a, a couple of months into the year, I found out I got into the Air Force and I just wanted to get my PPL done before I joined so that I didn't, I guess, have to stop the momentum. Yep. So I think reasonably quickly. Now, you, um, you're you not a pilot in the Air Force. Did you originally want to become a pilot in the Air Force? Yes, I think that is everyone's. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kind of what aircraft technicians are made of, of people who yeah. applied originally to be pilots. Yeah, it was um, the same in my day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I well, I did have my class one medical, but I got denied on medical reasons, um, which was a bit frustrating, but I think it's one of those things that worked out for the better. I 
I probably could try again, but I originally joined with the thought of that I would use it to have freedom. Like you get to move out of home and have a lot of freedom as at a young age and to also get an education paid for as and have a trade behind me because, you know, medical is a kind of fragile thing. Um, I didn't want to be going to a flying school and then I don't know how many years down the track gets something happens and I get stuck without anything else so I wanted to do a trade use that for freedom use it for money to save for a CPL and then or either save for a CPL or possibly try join again as a pilot but I think it's one of those things where I'm really glad with how it did turn out even though that wasn't what I wanted originally right 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 yeah that makes okay. sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. So h- had you had interest in the mechanical side as well? And um, you're an aircraft technician, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So airframe side rather than avionics. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess that's also one of those things that surprised me. I never really probably thought about doing it that much. Uh, I had an uncle that uh, after Walsh, um, I had an uncle that lived with us for the time who used to be avionics. Um yeah. So we worked at Papua New Guinea actually for a while. Yeah, in New Guinea. Um, but he at the time was working in the RNZF or for the RNZF as a civvy doing maintenance planning and he suggested doing a technical trade. And I had another uncle who was also an engineer for in New Zealand. So I kind of chatted to them about it and they really enjoyed it. I never really thought about it until then. And then I did... Um, School to Skies. I don't know if you've heard of that. That's like a program that the Air Force does. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's um, uh, tell, tell us about that. Yeah, so it's aimed, it was originally aimed at women, but I believe they take both boys and girls now um, and aims to recruit people into trades that aren't pilot, basically, um, and to get people interested in other trades in the Air Force. So you spend a week on a base. They rotate each year where they set it at. So the year I went, it was at Ohakia. And they've got like a little plane there. It's a, it's a, it is a real plane. It's like a Grumman of some kind of the painted up in black and Air Force colors and you'll put a wing on or a wheel on or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to try out like the crewy simulator and a, a bunch of stuff and go get to talk to people at SNS. and Yep. Um, the real trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, you get to chat to people in all sorts of trades um, and your experience with the training and that sort of thing. And I th- really enjoyed that aspect, surprisingly, and that kind of helped me make my decision, I guess. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah that's to yeah. yeah. That's been going a few years now, and it seems to be certainly doing well because I, I think there's a lot more girls going into the technical trade now than there used to be. Uh, yeah. or, or, although I will say when I was in uh, and I joined almost 35 years ago there were a lot of girls in my trade which was a technical trade but safety and surface was one of those ones that did actually attract a lot of girls I don't know if there still are as, or whether there's more or what I don't know um, but there were avionics uh, and uh, one or two aircraft technician uh, girls as well um, but it just wasn't, it wasn't much of a, you know, it didn't, I mean, there was a lot of other trades in the Air Force back then and, and you know, you could, you could do all sorts of things, chef and steward and all that kind of thing. And I think a lot of the girls went for 
for the sort of things that they saw a long-term career and outside yeah. of the Air Force, if you know what I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sec- secretary jobs and all that kind of thing, yeah. um, which don't even really exist anymore. And no. I, I wondered, um, in your training or, or just around you on the squadron, are there a lot, are there many uh, girls now in the the avionics or, or aircraft technician trade? Um, see, a quarter of my course training, uh, sorry, about about a quarter of my course, I think, or a fifth were girls. Yep. So there was four of us out of, um, trying to think, I think it was like 17, uh, okay. which was actually quite high, whereas most other courses probably only had one girl. Um, well, and then I don't know if it's just an Ohakia thing, but like most of the women who work in the hangar as like a technical trade will be either SNS or avionics. Yep. I don't know what it is specifically, but it seemed yeah. like there was always a lot of women in a avion- in avionics trades. Um, but now I'm probably one of two framey women. Okay. Yeah. And in, in the whole hangar. So oh, right. and yeah, I'm the only one on my unit. So I don't know if it's just the way things have ended up, but yeah. It's still yeah. not super common for um women to be on frameys for some reason. And I've only ever met one sergeant that's a framey. Okay. What about um engineering officers? Are there many females getting through to the you know, up to that level? Um yeah, I believe so. Probably. I'm just trying to think. Um, so the unit I work on, I just generally don't see engineering officers as much. Um, yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, it's not, I'm not really high enough of a rank to have to deal with um, engineering officers. I, right. I don't think really that much, but that's generally where you see women in more senior positions as engineering officers, right. I would say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we actually, when I was at Wigram uh, back in the, early 90s we had a, an officer there who was at pds and then she came to our squadron which was technical mm-hmm. squadron and um Teresa cunningham was her name and yeah she was great she was a, a really good boss and uh, everyone respected her and yeah. um i know that she was in charge of the um red checkers for one at least one season there's oh, the, yeah. on the engineering side and all that sort of thing so mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not a new thing but uh you know that as i say it was pretty rare um to see particularly in the aircraft trade so that's good yeah 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 it's good mm-hmm. so um can you describe the the training and and just the work that you do just for anyone out there that doesn't really know what an aircraft technician does um yeah I can <laughs> the training is even since I've been and gone through a couple of iterations but I can kind of talk to what it most recently is like um yeah. we you do it's kind of broken into a bunch of different phases so you'll do so I didn't have to do the general engineering course that was just due to the way some earlier training went um but you'll normally do a general engineering course for three months which is I think even SNS would SNS have done it as well when you make like device and everything yeah yep yep we did Um, do that yep and a hammer uh that sort of thing yeah uh yeah so you just learn general hand skills and that sort of thing and a bunch of trades do it like armorers and avionics everyone does it yes uh then you'll split off and avionics will go do their own thing and as if as airframe technicians you'll do uh skin work first so there's 
like a month and a half probably on each phase and you'll do skin work and then you'll do systems so do hydraulics and wheels and flight controls uh, then you do like a propulsions section so that's engines and rotorcraft sort of stuff yeah. then you'll do base servicing so practice working taking smaller components apart in a bay and then you'll do OLM which is operational level maintenance which is um, I mean a little boring to me but it's just <laughs> your everyday stuff like uh, filling tires and refueling and oil changes or not oil changes but topping up oil that sort of thing yeah. and so you'll do a, a written test um, and a proper it's called a trade test so that's your practical test you'll do a bunch of practices and then you have to do a final one and make sure you wear your safety equipment and remember to uh, check the right things yeah. um, that's generally probably the harder part is the actual practical and obviously the more important part is the practical test um, I think you did a little bit of avionics in there as well just for general awareness and then you'll do about a year and a half on job training uh, so for me, um, that got a, I only ended up doing a year. It was just the way things worked out. But for at least if you're on three squadron, you'll do like nine months on squadron. And if you're lucky, you'll get to go on a trip or two. Yep. And then about three months on DM, which is where I work now, which is deeper maintenance, where we pulled the choppers apart for their around 600-hour servicings. Yep. And then you'll go into the bays for about six months to do some deeper maintenance work and then you do a six weeks text course after that which is just going going over fault finding right 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 so that sounds fairly much the same as as, as it's always mm -hmm. been and um when you've when you complete your text course you uh become leading aircraftman mm. or is it still called that uh yeah yep, okay <laughs> <laughs> and um and you're you're the you know fully trained in your trade but of course you're always learning in your job yeah. um, there's always little courses that you do and you know as you go up up and rank you learn more as well so yeah um yeah so you you've been on um on the helicopters um tell me about working on three squadron yeah it was um a lot of fun i like i said i still don't think i love line work that much though um <laughs> but uh it is it is nice, um, the the variety, and you get to usually go on rides and get practice getting winched out of the chopper, and uh, it is a lot of fun if you get to go on trips and hang out with the crew. The crew are really lovely on three squadron. I've always found that everyone's, I think, looks out for each other pretty well and is yeah. quite welcoming. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't actually mind night shifts as much as I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's no, it's pretty good. Um, well, I just work DM now, so I don't really go on trips or anything like that. But uh, so I, well, I was real junior when I was on three squadron, so I wasn't really going on trips, and it was kind of in the middle of COVID. So it seems like now it is quite good. They just had Talisman Saber, which was the exercise with Australia, and they'd been in Fiji before that. So it would have been a good time to be yeah. on three for for them. Yeah. But uh, eventually you'll work your way back to a squadron, whether it's three squadron or another one, and you'll start to get trips. And yeah. I mean, it always it always happens. So unless you're like <laughs> me, I was I, I was stuck in bays my whole whole career. But uh, that's S and S for you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, um, so you're at Ahakia and you have also become a little bit uh, involved with uh, warbirds and, and older aircraft over the last few years. And uh, one of them, you've been working on the Mustang, haven't you? Yes, not so much um, as of recent, but definitely uh, not last year, the year before, I was quite lucky to be helping out with that a bit more. Um, so I was helping do, I worked on like the brakes and the pedals and they also, I got them to teach me how to rivet because um, I initially wasn't taught to rivet in my initial training and that's what I really wanted to learn. Right. Um, so that was really nice of them. So I got to do some riveting jobs here and there and some panel beating and some few odds and ends for them, a lot of bead blasting. <laughs> um, but it was cool putting, getting to do the brakes and the pedals. It was like my own little thing that I got to put, put together and I can look at it when it's all complete and be like, I specifically did that bit rather than, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas now they're putting it together. So um, I probably can't be as much help as if I'm only coming in one day a week or so. So I haven't been helping as much of recent, but um, it looks very lovely. I can't wait to see it all done. Oh, it looks fantastic. And I should tell the listeners who who are wondering which Mustang I'm talking about. This is oh, Brendan, yeah. <laughs> Brendan Dare's one that came out of John Smith's collection. And it's just immaculate, isn't it? It looks yeah. fantastic. Yeah, um, so you, you're going to be able to stand at, at air shows in the future watching that aircraft display and, and just think to yourself, I worked on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, also you spent a bit of time down at Woodburn um, during your yeah. training and, and uh, working on warbirds down there too. Tell, tell us about what you got into there. Yeah. Uh, so the reason I yeah got into helping at the Mustang was because previously I'd helped on John Smith's Mosquito. Right. Uh, I was fortunate enough to help on that. Um, it was once again one of those things of good timing. I'd initially um, gone to the Aero Club. The Aero Club did like monthly sort of chats. And so happened to the first one I went to was at um, John's Hangar. Uh, and he was talking about the kitty hawk that he got from the John Smith collection. And I remember asking, he ended up being Marty, uh, like how he got into vintage aviation. And he was like, oh, well, do you? do you want to start on Saturday? <laughs> um, and, and I kind of just never left. They let me stay. I <laughs> <laughs> was really good about uh, yeah, giving me jobs, um, making sure I had jobs to do and teach, teaching me a lot. I did, ended up doing actually a lot of the fabric repairs on the mozzie. It's probably the main one or just helping with old jobs here and there, but it was really a lot of fun. <laughs> I was very lucky to be in the right place at the right time and yeah. to be, I think Omak is very welcoming and people are quite good at, you know, giving opportunities there. Well, fantastic. And I know that all the guys was quite often they were telling me, oh, it's so good to have Grace on the team. She's really good. <laughs> she knows what she's doing and all that. And, uh, you know, they did appreciate it. So, <laughs> Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, that, that mosquito is now able to run its engines and, and mm. it just looks like it looks like it's straight off the line in World War II. It's incredible. Yeah, looks did a very good job with the paint job. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, as well as working on the old aircraft, you've been flying some, haven't you? You've got yes, into the yeah. tiger, tiger flying, and tell us about that. Um, yes, yeah, so I think I started my tiger reading two years ago. Um, it was kind of one of those things where I didn't think uh, I'd be able to get into um 
flying old aircraft like that. Like it just didn't seem like the kind of thing you could do unless uh, you owned one. Yeah. Uh, but someone at Omaka mentioned that there was a club in Masterton and oh, I, and that was when I was still in Woodbird training. So that would have been about three years ago. So when I moved up to Ohakia, I started doing my Tiger Moth type rating. I initially wanted a chipmunk type rating first because I'd never flown a tail dragger. Or I had had like one or two goes in a tail dragger, but I didn't have a tail dragger rating yet. Right. Um, and so I wanted to start with something a bit easier, but the chipmunk ended up having a leak from the crankcase, so I had to get an engine overhaul. Uh, so I ended up doing my first tail dragger type rating in a Tiger Moth, and was a lot of hard work to me it wasn't something that clicked instantly it took me a while but it was very rewarding in the end and it's a lot of fun flying tail draggers I really enjoy it so how many hours have you done in a tiger now do you know I wouldn't be sure I think probably only 25 or 30 that's still pretty good that's pretty good yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, are you still are you still flying much of uh you know more regular aircraft systems that sort of thing um yeah I've been helping someone actually fix their Cessna in this past sort of year. Um, so I have been flying a Cessna semi-recently. Um, I've been flying the one I've been working on or other ones at Aero Clubs, but mostly I've been flying the Nangcheng in Wellington. Oh, probably right. the main one. So <laughs> another old thing, but at least it's got a nose wheel. I would like to be flying more tail draggers. Um, I have to get back over to Masterton at some point, but the grass has been wet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I must have dried out now because they got the Corsair out of there. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's brakes, it's brakes on and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, um, and speaking of Masterton, you're also involved with Vintage Aviator, aren't you? Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um. So I, I guess I can explain what that is if people don't know, but I'm sure people probably do. Um. So that's the World War One collection over at Masterton. That was also one of those opportunities that came from helping on the mosquito, uh, Gavin Conroy, who's from um, classic aviation photography, um, or classic aircraft photography, sorry. Uh, He's the photographer for them over there, and he suggested um, that I come over and join. So I've been helping for a bit over two years now. Uh, It was good timing as well. They were kind of short of crew and that's been also a lot of fun. So um, they have a flying weekend uh, once a month over the summer period. So they'll be starting again in October and try getting ready for the year show November in Masterton this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I haven't actually helped yet since they've had a year show. So I think that should be quite interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. More practice at prop swinging and... <laughs> learning how to oil uh, rotaries and that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot to learn about those old aircraft that uh, it's the kind of skills that are lost because, Mm. you know, aviation moved on, but you're getting to actually work on technology that's over 100 years old, which is pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to pinch yourself when everything's uh, all crammed in the hangar at night and there's 30-odd World War One aircraft. You're like, this is pretty special. (laughs) Absolutely. Do, do you find uh, that working on stuff like that has helped you in your day job uh, to understand things mechanically better? Or, um, or is it so different that it doesn't make any difference? 
I think it's kind of almost so different. It doesn't make much difference. I think it's still good for your hand skills and probably a little bit of problem solving, but I think working on a modern helicopters is just so different and kind of e everything's quite easy in, in the way that it, most of it's made for maintenance to be done on it, whereas yeah. like engineer is an afterthought on a lot of those things. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's still good in some ways, but yeah, I think it is also one of those things where it's just quite different. I think it's helped with the flying side of things because I, I don't really get a... I don't work with piston engines um, at work. So I think having a better understanding of piston engines has really helped with the flying side of things, like my understanding of the aircraft I fly. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. So I guess another thing that you're also involved with is the Air Women's Association. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, there was also something semi-recently. Uh, I've been meaning to join for a while because, but I'd... I was always in the wrong island at the wrong time. There was a time where I moved every year for four years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and I was always in the wrong island for a rally. <laughs> but last year, uh, I went to the Hawera one. And I'm going to be the secretary soon, officially. Oh, right. um, so <laughs> kind Fantastic. of a zero to 100. I think I kind of just bit naive. <laughs> they needed someone. And no one was putting their hand up. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> that's, that, that's really good uh, that someone as young as yourself, but as keen as yourself, is stepping up and and is going to take on a a role like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely uh, fair play that because you know that's that's going to be an interesting one as well. Uh, you'll get to meet a lot of interesting people. Yeah, definitely. Already have met a lot of interesting people so far. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be helpful for a lot of things in the future it's, it's yeah interesting the rally organization thing side of it um it's quite full-on so yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah good skills excellent uh, you're in the tiger club too aren't you the tiger moth club um yes i like i guess make a donation <laughs> i have <laughs> um haven't have yet to uh oh i've, I've driven into a rally but i'm yet to go to an agm or something or oh yeah flying yeah. for a rally <laughs> yeah 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 well i mean you've packed a hell of a lot in in the last couple of years it's really interesting <laughs> do you do anything yeah. that's not aviation <laughs> uh, i've got a i've got an old british car that also sucks my time if it's not flying <laughs> oh really what's that a triumph toledo oh, wow. it's nothing, nothing that exciting but <laughs> you don't see many of them anymore no, I can't remember how many there are in New Zealand, but not many. Yeah, wow, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, are you restoring it, or is it just takes your time because it keeps breaking down? Oh well, a little bit. Um, all kind of restoring it. It was um in a museum in Napier, um, or not Napier, like Hawkes Bay. Yeah. There was a classic. Oh, it was a British car museum. Um, and <laughs> I just fixed the brakes and the shocks, and then it stopped running. <laughs> And I don't know why. So that's why it's taking my time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I say that's probably my only, one of my non-aviation related hobbies. Oh, very cool. So um, where do you hope to go in aviation from here? Uh, have you got any aircraft that you particularly want to fly or uh, or anything you want to get into? Um, I'm working on my 
doing my LAMI or my um, aircraft maintenance license so that I yeah. could be a supervisor. Um, like over halfway done with it. So hoping in about a year and a half I'll be all complete. And the, the stuff I do outside of work really complements that for experience. Right. Um, that's what I want to do work-wise. I don't really know where I want to end up working. I think I'd like to go overseas for a little bit just to experience something else and then come back home to New Zealand. Yep. Um, Flying-wise, I would quite like a Harvard rating, but I see that kind of way in the future. You need a lot of tail dragger hours. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to try to get into glider towing um, so I can build tail dragger hours. And the idea behind having a Nang Chang rating was, well, it's a bit of fun, but... Um, I don't flown anything complex uh, or radial. So yeah, I don't flown anything with a retractable undercarriage or an adjustable prop. So that was quite good to get that out of the way and something as cheap as an Ang Chang okay. compared yeah, yeah. comparatively. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know when I'd go for a Harvard rating, but hopefully eventually in the give it 10 years or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great goal. Fantastic. Um, what what would you say to young people out there who are kind of thinking of a, of a career in aviation um it's definitely a lot of fun i've um you'll probably be poor if, <laughs> um, but it's definitely worth it uh the community is great and i think just seeking out opportunities is probably the most important thing going to the aero club just sitting and having a chat you don't know who you meet you know if, if the aero club's putting on events go along um yeah really glad that all those years ago, I went to um, that hangar to have a look at the Kitty Hawk because it would, it, yeah, so many opportunities came up from it, and you just never know who you might meet. That's fantastic. So yeah, definitely making the most of opportunities. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Have you got a favourite aircraft? Um, it was the Mozzie. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be the Mozzie. <laughs> good, cool, good, cool. <laughs> Excellent. I I I saw the first one fly actually. I would have been eleven, <laughs> the, but the first one that F, F spec um, yep put out. Yep, I I was there for its first flight. Fantastic. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a stunner, and I'm I'm looking forward to the fourth one. That's not too far yep. away, so it'll be cool. Yeah. Cool. Oh well, very very good, Grace. Thank you very much for coming on the show and talking about your uh, short but full career it's been fantastic thank you very much for having me it's been fun cool cheers that was the wings over new zealand show with dave homewood